and welcome to Abstract, a show dedicated to abstract ideas discussed amidst ever-changing tunes. I'm your host, Abby BK, and with me today, we have the awesome Misha. Misha, how are you? How are you doing? Doing really good. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. We were just saying when we were off air before we started chatting on here that this has been an ongoing idea since the summer. I hyped up this idea to Misha and Sawyer, who was on the show not too long ago. I was hanging out with both of them. And you guys were like the first people I really even told about this idea, um, which was so sweet because you both were so supportive of it. So it's a very full circle moment for you to be here and for Sawyer to have also been on the show. So, Aww. And we're proud of you for like just doing it, putting it together, getting the space and using it like all really, really impressive stuff. Yeah, I really appreciated your support, too. So um, do you want to just give everybody like a brief overview of who you are, what you're up to and who is Misha? Yeah. Um, so I actually recently graduated from Champlain in May um, as a graphic designer. And I also did a few years at Fashion Institute of Technology in New York City. So that was a fun transition, moving from city where I thought I always wanted to be through high school and everything, and then slowly moving away towards that, you know, seeing less and less trees, doing less and less hiking, not skiing as much. And I was like, I kind of just miss the wilderness. So I came out here. I gotcha. I actually didn't realize that you were at FIT. So were you also doing design there as well? But was it like more fashion oriented or was it just... Like the yeah. art of design. Yeah, believe it or not, no. Which is really funny because I'll tell people that like, oh, I was at FIT. And they're like, oh, my God, are you a seamstress? And I'm like, no, actually. <laughs> like, actually, I sewed this shirt. <laughs> yeah. You could it's totally like, just lie about that. It's Right. No, totally. And I was like, I was like, well, I drew on a T-shirt once. But like in actuality, it was just a, a design degree. And I was just under a few um, really impressive professors, actually, which was you know, kind of set the bar really high and set mm. my expectations for what a design education would be later in life. My first professor that I ever had um, was Eli Kintz, and he is this uh, designer who was taught by Paul Rand, the guy who did IBM, a big design giant. And then Eli took what Paul Rand taught him, brought, gave it all to us, and that included before Photoshop, before anything Adobe. So we were learning the very basics of design. A lot of that was cutting out little pieces of paper, gluing them to other pieces of paper, and making a design out of only that. Wow. Because that's how part of the IBM logo was made. It was all hand-cut, hand-done, um, you know, trying to add a human touch to a digital-looking image. Mm. And that's what he was trying to project on us and, but he also brought a lot of the strictness that Paul Rand taught to him, too. And a lot of that was the way he did critique. We would put everything on the wall, and if he didn't like something, he would rip it down, tear it up in front of us, stuff it down our throats. Just kidding. But, <laughs> and put it back <laughs> like, in our backpack. That's why I left, actually. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's why, I mean, low-key, that's kind of why I wanted to stay, because that was, I think, you know, what I really wanted out of it. I wanted somebody who wasn't going to take any... BS wasn't going to accept any work that he felt was less than. And then again, he was only one person in the opinion of one person. Can't really set the the whole stage for this is design. You know, it's just an opinion, but it was such an impressive, strong start where as I got closer and closer to the education where I got that I got at Champlain, that was amazing too, but it was a little bit different. Mm -hmm. It was a little bit more collaborative. Yeah. So it wasn't, you know, one person 
here are all the assignments, here's the work, it's good, bad, that's his opinion. It is now more, okay, you're going to work in a group, you're going to get to know the people in your group, and that's kind of how working in the real world with clients is going to be. Totally. So that is kind of what freaked me out a little bit coming to Champlain and all of a sudden they're like more group projects than I've ever had to do. Oh my gosh, (laughs) the death of me like at the moment. I'm in so many. Um, But that's really interesting that at FIT it was very hands-on and not as digitized. So do you feel like that translated well? So to kind of educate listeners on what I really like always associate Misha with is the work that he did at the generator um which is a maker space here in burlington and you can speak more and describe it a little bit better than i can but um did you find that having that hands-on ability very early on at fit helped you to then work at generator since that's like very hands-on with all of the different things that people do there trades wise yeah definitely and i think a lot of that actually came from other things that i studied at fit one of them being what's called vped and it's that's exhibit design really it's i think it's like virtual presentation and exhibit design is what the whole acronym stands for and that is really designing spaces designing kind of museum or space layouts or like pop-up shops or things mm. like that um so i got to do those kind of digitally in in sketchup or also kind of using like little little makeshift models out of foam core doing, you know, physical little buildings. And that kind of transitioned into Generator 2 because I really wanted to continue to do that because, again, the you know, at FIT it was a lot more digital, so I wanted to maintain the physical aspect of design. So that's when I, well, Sawyer actually helped me find the Generator job. I got to give him credit there. <laughs> He's like, hey, you, you might like this. And then I was like, oh. That's so you're awesome. in his network connections, LinkedIn king. Yeah. <laughs> Knows everybody at Champlain. Was like, all right, we got you an interview tomorrow. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I love that. Oh, yeah. No, that was amazing. And um, got in and just kind of took it from there. Used a lot of generator assets in my own design projects. Continued to create little scale models if I was making a physical project. Um, and then I still work at Generator today as a vinyl instructor. So I got to keep my job post-graduation, which is amazing, and the uses of the space. Well, Misha, for everyone that doesn't know, Misha taught me how to use the vinyl cutter. Sort of. You did everything for the most part. But I was so shocked, like, how much went into making... So we did a sticker project, um, and Misha designed the stickers for... It was for my band and the band stickers or whatever. And... All that went into that was so fascinating. Honestly, it was very satisfying to like do all of the steps and watch it like come to completion. And I feel like that was something that I've taken some graphic design courses within my communication major, but that made me like really appreciate the craft a lot more because I had never done something hands-on like you're saying. The only type of graphic design that I had ever done was digital and on the Adobe Suite programs, which honestly always still to this day stress me out a little bit (laughs) but do you have a preference between like more traditional art or like the digital art side like do you feel like there's one niche that you've fallen into and enjoy more nowadays yeah well good question I think actually a little bit of both Mm -hmm. I mean I think that's kind of where the sweet spot is for me personally Uh, I do a lot of illustration as well and a lot of that actually stems from drawing what I whatever it is I'm going to illustrate in just a sketchbook first doing any 
mache, paper mache, any collaging that I need to do to kind of get the finished product, and then just scanning, digitalizing it so that I can uh, just blow it up to any size I want to, make posters, make different kind of things. Um, but drawing in Photoshop has been like completely new for me. So figuring out how colors blend on a digital medium versus like right. on a canvas, that was a whole new like ballpark. Because in high school, I was like an art kid mm-hmm. in um, my teacher's room like all the time. And that, you know, carried on into college too. But then learning how to just do that in Photoshop and anything digital was a whole learning curve. But yeah. getting the hang of it and having a lot of fun doing it. So totally, just both, I'd say. Yeah, that's so fun. Do you like have a way that you would describe your style like in a few words? Do you think you've like found what that is? I feel like people ask me that about like my creative projects. I'm like, I actually have no idea how to describe it at all. Yeah, um, I also like am just struggling trying to find, you know, a a style and I don't really like to I guess keep to one style just I've been trying to like just move around I've been kind of more drawn to brighter colors but realistic um source material if that makes sense so drawing like cities mundane things you know just walking down the street or like a busy city street but then incorporating color into it distorting figures faces and just kind of making them a little bit more cartoony um one of my illustrators that i always like to reference if i'm referencing my own work is uh, mason london he did Mm -hmm. stuff with like nike which is kind of fun but he did like a lot of like older illustrations for them um again using like figures he does a lot of like sports illustrations too, illustrating just like actual athletes, but then giving them this like wild cartoony kind of almost paper mache look to them all. So that that is kind of something I find a lot of inspiration in. I want to bring like the texture of real life paper of real, you know, tangible art, I guess South Park ish style mm-hmm. similar to does something like that is kind of yeah. like the direction I want to flow in. I love that with like the mixed materials. That's really, really cool. Um, But I would love to play one of your songs. So Misha, like always, everybody always picks around five songs. And do you have a preference or which one to start with? And then we'll kind of talk about why you chose. Yeah, we can start with something upbeat. Uh, Mona June by Slightly Stupid. This is a show that I just went to with my cousin, the most recent uh, concert I've been to. And it was a lot of fun. Uh, my cousin wanted to beat the traffic on the way out, so he pulled me out of the show like before they could finish. I was a little, a little mad about that. Uh, I'm gonna disappointing. Bully, <laughs> I'm going to bully him about that for a while, but <laughs> it was an incredible show. And, yeah. Great. I don't know this one. Um, as I say, almost I feel like on every podcast episode, I love doing this because I hear new music. So this will be a new one for me, too. So here we go. This is Mona June. And we're back. You are listening to Abstract. That was Mona June by Slightly Stupid. I love how they spell stupid. When I added this one to the playlist, anytime that I see stupid spelled that way, it makes me think of when I was like six years old. I'm like, you're stupid, (laughs) stupid, like a little annoying kid saying it. (laughs) Well, and it was funny at the show, like them coming out and them kind of like announcing themselves. This is like any parent who has like, a kid who grew up in like early 2000s like 2010s like oh tv's gonna rot your brain type of music like it's actually good music but if you heard the band introduced you're like oh these are guys are gonna be like 
stupid. Slightly stupid. Slightly stupid. Just slightly yeah. stupid. <laughs> so I guess my next kind of question is, so obviously at Generator, you're in a bit of a mentor role, obviously, teaching people how to use um, the machinery there with the vinyl. And um, I assume, like, obviously, when you're teaching people, you're also, like, inspiring their work. So how has it been kind of taking on that mentorship ability in that that role? Yeah, that's been like a whole adjustment, just kind of becoming a teacher, so to speak. Um, that's just nothing I ever thought I'd do, but it's kind of something I'm finding a little bit of a love for. Um, getting to know a lot of people and, well, I guess like the f- last class was the first time I taught a class of like eight people. It was like a big one. That's a lot. Yeah, and, it, and, and it, like it doesn't really like sound like a lot, but when you're there and there's one vinyl cutter. Totally. And they have to go one at a time. Yeah. And you have to, like, kind of, like, repeat yourself a lot. But a lot of it was doing it actually, like, presentation style, like a reg- like a teacher would, um, getting in front of the class, having to just kind of put your game face on, get in the mood, like, instantly. And just adjusting to that was super weird. Because I'm, I'm used to doing, like, one-on-ones or, like, a group of three at max. But this was, like, I got there. And I think it was like part of a Champlain Community College course. And they ha- they also had a teacher who was just kind of like bringing them to the space, showing them around the space. And as soon as I walked in the door, he handed the kids off to me. He goes, here you go. Good luck. Here's your computer. Here's your here's your <laughs> presentation. I was like, presentation? Just what? <laughs> throw you right into the water and tell you to swim. Yeah, no, for real. Um, but it was it was a lot of fun. I just kind of got in the groove of it. Got I didn't know any of their names i didn't i couldn't remember but i was like oh that yeah yeah he him in the back he's uh he's doing all right and so just referencing them that way right it was fine but yeah it still was really nice to get to know them and get to know like what they're all working on what their aspirations are even though a lot of them they just want to make like sim- simple stickers like this one kid made like a sticker off a lobster and i go oh are you from maine he's like oh no i was like oh <laughs> Okay. Well. You're like trying to make that connection. You're like, come on, give me something. <laughs> right. I was like, okay, whoops. Like, well, what's the story behind the lobster then? It's a mystery. Yeah, I, 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 I don't, I don't know. I, I ended it there. <laughs> yeah, you're like, okay, fine, don't tell me anything. But there was also one person who was just kind of making their own character, which was kind of cool. Like they drew up like some sketches of you know what they would look like in like a different cartoon style or something like that, and that was really cool because it reminded me a lot of just my own illustration aspirations. So, you know, projects like that, I kind of get more of a connection to. Yeah, definitely. Well, I'm sure you're great at it because, I mean, anytime now, I haven't really been down to like the Lakeside campus many, many times. And um, just over the summer, I was down there because there was a big event for um, admissions. And so all of the student ambassadors had to go down that way. And the only thing that I could really speak on was Generator and my experience working there. And you were such a big part of that. And you made it so less stressful. Like you made it feel accessible, which was really like, I think so key. And I think that's such an important part of being a mentor and a teacher is making people feel comfortable to make mistakes and make, I mean, technology can just be and I spoke about this with Sawyer like Sawyer in his episode spoke about this a lot um obviously very different types of technology in the conversation but technology can be so overwhelming and like when people are learning how to use like a machine for the first time that you don't know how to use that's like sharp and cuts vinyl like that can be really terrifying so um yeah no you were really great at it so I'm sure you're doing great um so what are like your personal aspirations like you're talking about you know being inspired by the projects that other people are doing, but what are, where do you see yourself headed and what are some things that you're working on yourself? 
Yeah. Oh, that's deep. Uh, I'm taking a day at a time. But <laughs> um, I would say just in general, I would love to get into like the entertainment sector in a way, um, kind of like like either like sports illustration. Um, I'm inspired by like Burton and like oh, totally. Jake Burton and the solidarity of unbridled labor, the place that I'm interning at right now. They uh, put together kind of like a like a th- it's called Thank You Jake is the name of the book. And it's kind of like the history of Burton, the history of him, how he started it, kind of where his aspirations turned into a brand. And I guess that's something that I would like to do someday. Maybe not have my own studio, maybe not have my own brand, um, but help, you know, create a vision, you know, just continuing to turn sketches into finished products, whether that be with a client, whether that be for myself. I am trying to, like, get back into, like, personal projects after, since graduating and now focusing on my internship and my generator job and my other side gig at Saratoga. Um, So much going on. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's been crazy. But when I can find time and motivation to get into, like, personal projects, I'm I'm now working on um, this, like, line of, like, beers like like a craft beer line like a little brewery for myself very cool one of my like not it's not going to be like an actual thing but just practicing packaging design because that's something i want to get better at um one of my friends harry shaw he's another designer i went to fit with and he did a really really cool beverage line called tagged and his was like a collage style type thing referencing new york referencing street culture and bringing that into like a drink and i was like oh that's super wild i wouldn't have thought to do that and then i was kind of hitting a creative block and like what can i do i want to make a drink how come he gets to make a drink i want to make a drink so <laughs> I, I was like and i was like just blanking on like what's my theme gonna be like i need to tie like three cans together i want to do like a dark ale or like like a hellas kind of thing um and then i just like i saw like a seagull and I was like, the weird thing that I ended up doing for my theme was just crappy birds. Like, <laughs> birds that everybody can like will agree on that are just genuine pieces of shit. Like, <laughs> All the ones you can shit on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That so like, probably shit on you as well. Right, right. Like, Quite so, literally. Yeah, so I'm doing a group of three. We have a pigeon, a seagull, and a Canada goose. There you go. These scare me. Yeah, I hate them so much. They're in, yeah, they're so terrifying. They're so territorial. <laughs> um, so the foreground is kind of like the bird kind of looking angry with its like wings out, kind of the wingspan covers the whole like wrap of the can. And in the background, there's something funny, whether it's like a kid getting attacked by pigeons or like a golfer getting like, like the birds. Exactly. Just being birds or like a golfer getting mauled by like a goose. Totally. <laughs> so just things like that. And it was, just, it was the silliest concept, but I'm sticking to it and I'm having a lot of fun doing it. And it's just something that I can kind of detach from uh, internship and my other jobs and just sit and actually be a creative. Yeah. So in terms of how you've kind of like fell into these roles and just have been navigating life since graduating, how has that been? And like, you spoke a bit about how being like a mentor was kind of more of a, not necessarily a challenge, but like a different role to take on. And how do you feel like that's just kind of maybe been the case or not been the case with the other things that you're doing too? Like, do you feel like you've had to like reorient your brain a bit about like what you're doing and like what has that experience been like for you? Yeah. Um, and I think like part of that is just 
you're when you are in school, you're kind of taught like, oh, get an internship and then go directly to a full time job. And who knows, maybe that's something I'm gonna do. I'm you know looking, but some people just go right from college right to a full time job in what they want to do, and then some people go to Burger King, and that's not you know anything that you can. You, I mean, you can control it, but sometimes it just kind of like happens or something comes up and you're situationally you're pulled in a different direction or all of a sudden you start having different interests and you know things change and it's not as straight of a track as a lot of schools will like make it to be like oh you're going to graduate you're going to do great things you're going to go you're going to work for Nike or you know anything you want to do um get right into the sports illustration job you know you've always wanted and then you graduate and it's like all right cool see ya Great yeah. job. Here's your here's your paper. Here's your paper. Um, <laughs> which I'm I'm so thankful for the education that I've gotten, but at the same time I didn't foresee the lack of, you know, help that would all of a sudden, you know, the help would just stop and mm-hmm. you're just on your own. You have, you know, I, I was lucky to get internships. I finished one at um one percent for the planet and now I'm at Solidarity. And both of those have been amazing. Um but the work itself is just not as um critique based a lot of it is just kind of oh push this social media post out or oh push you know we're building this website fill this can complete this list by the end of the day and then your brain kind of changes like oh maybe design isn't what I originally thought it was maybe I have to warp my own perception of what is design and what I want it to be ultimately so that's why I'm still working on like personal projects and stuff yeah definitely I feel like that's one of like the biggest things that I mean, I haven't faced yet because I haven't graduated, but it's like one of my biggest fears. And one thing that I feel like I sort of am going through at the moment myself is just like feeling like I can't quite find the niche of what I like to do and just doing that because whatever I'm doing right now, I I have to do other things. Like it just, it's the role of the job or it's like what people are telling you to do and you're paid to do it. So you're like, oh, of course, like I'm going to do a good job, but it's not maybe... I don't know. In my experience, it's not exactly what I would want to be doing, but I feel like ultimately, at least how I frame it is like, I just remind myself, like everything is good experience. Like there's no real bad experience. You can twist everything on its head that everything's a growing experience, a learning experience. And I mean, it seems like you're working at like so many different types of places as well. So you're getting that really wide variety. And I'm sure you're learning to like design a bunch of different types of um, you know, things in different mediums. So that's all really awesome. Yeah. And it's been great. Um, honestly, like you said, just new experiences and kind of just, it does help me all these experiences that I've had just help me find a niche and really narrowing in what design do I actually want to do. And I'm kind of just getting pushed in like a UX UI design. Now. I'm sure any yeah. designer you talk to is going to tell you that because that's like what's Technology. profitable. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and everybody needs a website and everybody needs not just somebody who can craft a website in html and css but like really have an eye for design that can you know go back and build and have an eye for okay this needs to be this and even just the slightest thing i was talking um, with one of my mentors at solidarity and we were just looking at the site looking at it on mobile and we're like all right this picture is like two pixels off from the one below it how do we go back and yeah. scooch that or like oh the logo here is just a little bit too big and it's like those mundane things mm-hmm. that end up making a finished you know full project at the end of the day 
Yeah, the things that make it look clean. You yeah. don't know like how many little tweaks are, are possible to make that happen. But yeah. Well, I'd love to play another song, so let's see what we've got. We did Mona June. What would you like to play next? Sure. Um, well, we can we can get Bruce Springsteen up here. All right, uh, let's I, I kind of tossed him on there. My family's always been a big fan. Uh, when I was little, my mom and uncle got me tickets to a show he was doing in Rochester, and I, I went. I wasn't the biggest, you know, fan at the time, but since then, I was like, okay, I have to get into this. They're so into this. I have to get <laughs> into this, and I started getting into it. So I love it. We gotta love some Bruce. All I right, love Bruce. This is Jungle Land. I hope he feels better soon. <laughs> and we are back. That was some Bruce Springsteen Jungle Land, um, and. Yeah, we love good old Bruce. I didn't realize that he wasn't feeling well when you said that. I was like, oh, like, he's just old. That's why you're, like, referencing that. And then when you said that he had to, like, cancel the concert that you and Sawyer wanted to go to, I we know. were talking about the off-air. Um, we that really so sucks. Close. I hope he's okay. I know. Like, Well, like I was saying, we were literally packing when we got the phone call from yeah. my uncle. And he was like, sorry, Bruce. not happening. I know. I was devastated. But yeah. You know, he, and like I was saying to you too, will do like three plus hour shows screaming the entire time. And right. man was probably doing it in pain for a while too. Oh my so. gosh, I can't even imagine. Yeah, so I'm, I'm happy for him that he canceled, but you know, it yeah. sucks. <laughs> yeah. So in terms of like your connection between art and music, do you feel like there's a relationship between the two? Um, like, do you listen to music when you're doing art? And what is that relationship to you? Yeah, I mean, definitely. I grew up kind of in a music, you know, centered life, I guess. Uh, my my cousin and I went to a ton of concerts. I referenced him when I was talking about Slightly Stupid. But we saw Blink-182 twice, most recently at Madison Square Garden, which was an incredible oh show. Oh, my gosh. That was so fun. I want to go to Madison Square Garden so badly and see, like, at least one show in my lifetime. Yeah. Oh, it's going to happen, I'm sure. Like, there's, there's like, one every night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and being at FIT when you're living, like, a block away from it, it's so loud. Like, trying to sleep is fun. But... <laughs> Um, but yeah, I kind of just always have gone to a lot of concerts, always have listened um, just to a lot of different music, trying to like just vary it up throughout my life, play drums kind of throughout high school, even a little bit before then, um, on and off. I uh, In high school, I went with a f like a few cover bands, just made up of friends. We just played like in backyards. So that was really fun. So fun. <laughs> yeah, we just played for really just variety of stuff. Um, but I think just in terms of how design and music connect, I will always just kind of listen to music, whether it's instrumental, mostly instrumental will help me kind of get into the right headspace. If I'm listening to lyrics, especially if I'm doing internship work, which is like still technically design work, if I'm trying to line a grid up or just trying to get in, you know, one tiny thing to match up to another thing, I can't really listen to lyrics and really get into the right state of mind, but all of instrumental work, um, come come on, come on, Z Washington. Commit, but <laughs> what's his name? Kamasi, maybe. Yeah, Kamasi <clears throat> Washington. There we go. Um, I have him on the playlist too. I listen to a lot of him. I listen to a lot of Kenny G. A lot of just kind of instrumental, horn, sax, heavy music. Um, so that'll always help. He actually played in the um Vermont 
never mind, Burlington Jazz Fest over here. Oh, that very I'm cool. So, yeah, 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 I'm so sad that I missed that. And then I heard he was there. I was like, oh, dang. Because oh. he actually worked with Kendrick Lamar on To Pimp a Butterfly, which was really fun. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, hearing the... Um, you know, the backbeat for a lot of those songs. Now I understand after hearing him separately because I didn't know, you know, he existed when listening to that album and then figuring out about him. But yeah, I'd say definitely they go hand in hand. I've always listened to music. Um, well, sometimes just let the music I'm listening to influence whatever I'm working on. Sometimes I'll be drawing something. I, I've been drawing a lot of like cityscapes recently, trying to just get perspective in the complexity of buildings just so I can then focus on human characters and how they occupy that space. And sometimes I'll just be drawing and an, an intense song will come up and I'll mess it up on purpose and I'll be like, oh, what if this was on fire? And like, what if, or like, what if there was like bugs it's everywhere? Like the voices <laughs> in my head, the voices. Yeah, right. Like just like the, the music will influence whatever I'm working on. Um, and I'm sure like, for creating the 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 bird brewery i'm sure a little bit of like hard punk was being listened to when i was <laughs> that's why drawing. it took a dark turn <laughs> yeah that's i was drawing a kid getting like attacked by like seagulls and <laughs> just had to get in the right headspace for that <laughs> it's funny you say that because one of the most like infamous family stories within my family is i was such a gullible little kid and my uncle long story short he doesn't have two fingers because he used to work in like pump manufacturing and so it was like an error and like sliced his fingers off but oh that's kind of morbid but anyways um in my family it was always a joke anytime we were at the beach he would pretend when i was little that the seagull took his finger off that he would like <laughs> hold something up and be feeding the seagulls and then he would act like the seagull literally took his finger off and when i was little i believed it because oh no. he, like his finger wasn't there so you know and like object permanence when you're a kid yeah. like there's like no understanding of this for it every time. so i <laughs> fell for it every time um so that's funny like maybe Maybe you can use that. The seagull just flying yeah. off of someone's finger. I don't know. No, that, yeah, um, that's, but that's, that's where my brain went. <laughs> <laughs> well, when, when I was little, um, I also chased like a seagull through a restaurant. It was like one of those open air restaurants with like all the doors open. Oh. It was like beachside. I think it was on the Jersey Shore. And it's always the Jersey Shore. That's where mine happened. Oh, God. Of yeah. course. No, they're ravenous over there. Yep. Yeah. They're crazy. <laughs> um, so in terms of like, I mean... Any artist making any art, I feel like, would say that their art is their passion, but also their outlet. How do you feel like art has really helped you to process things that you go through? And how have you used design as as more than just a job, but also an outlet? Yeah, well, that actually transitions pretty nicely into the next song. Um, recently... It's actually kind of funny. Like, I can take all of this back because we are keeping my childhood home. Um, but recently, we were just kind of, like, deciding slowly and slowly to move away from the house that I spent so much time in. It was the house that I spent quarantine in where I got to be especially close um, to the house, to my mom, to my family, everyone who was just kind of, like, occupying the space. And all of a sudden, with just a sudden change, we were going to sell it and you know move somewhere else i'm still probably stay in the town we were but it would just be a different building and all the sentimental connection was just i felt like it was going to be lost as somebody else moves in like that's a very hard thing to go to even later in life i got a lot of like eh, suck you know suck it up <laughs> but it's you know when you're when you spend so much time in a, in a space especially again going home during quarantine where that was home base that was like coming home every even if I wanted to go out I, you know, I was not the person to go to bars or anything or go to restaurants take my mask off like no like I stayed mostly at home but when I went out 
and came back, it was just kind of like a safe haven area. And when I found out that we were going to lose it, um, <clears throat> a lot of it, I listened to this song from Blink-182, Stay Together for the Kids. And it's really Tom Delon, lead singer of Blink's, um, like kind of letter to his family after his mom and his dad divorced, saying like, you know, keep it for me. Essentially, like, like stay together for me. I know you guys aren't happy. Why aren't you happy? Why can't I help you come back together so that I could have what I've always known? And that's kind of how I felt about the house. I was like, why can't I have this? What did nobody ask me if I wanted to keep the house? You know, <laughs> I mean, which everybody did, but you know, things were about to get overruled. I didn't have, I didn't feel like I had too much of a say in it at the end of the day. So I kind of went downstairs and just played drums very loudly. And it was the song. <laughs> it's got some, that. got some anger out. Well, that was really like the perfect the perfect segue. And, um, you know, I can so relate to that because spaces really do dictate your mental state and how you feel. And I remember leaving my childhood home. That was like a huge, huge deal to me. Um, cause I had just grown up in the same, the same place for every single year up until my senior year of high school. So once I was a senior in high school, I had that one last year left and I had to move and it was heart wrenching. Cause it was like, why couldn't you just wait like one more year for me to just like finish up? So you're definitely not alone in that. I don't think that's crazy at all, but yeah, let's play the song. So this is Blink 182. This is Stay Together for the Kids. All right. And we are back. You are listening to Abstract. That was Stay Together for the Kids by Blink 182. And we're over here with Misha. So that was, I can understand why that song would resonate during the time that you're describing. Um, I'm very glad that obviously things worked out in your favor and you still have this space, but do you feel like that feeling has made you more aware of, you say that you're doing a lot of cityscapes and such, has that made you more aware of incorporating certain elements into your design, like making a space within design that you feel like people can also resonate with. I think that's like really interesting to think about how places can inspire and make you feel certain feelings. So do you feel like that also is something that you try to achieve when you're designing spaces too? Yeah, no, definitely. Um, most recently in an il illustration class that I, uh, that I was taking at Champlain, we all kind of had to pick a prompt to do a magazine cover for whether it was like New Yorker or um, I forgot the other publications that we had to choose from. I, I think I did a New Yorker cover and it, my topic was, it was this article called the cat must be fed. And it was this guy living in Ukraine documenting his journey across like his war torn landscape, you know, after, you know, during that whole thing and going to feed a cat, like a stray cat that he found that wouldn't come home with him, but he knew, like, would die if he didn't feed it. So, but he recorded all of his journeys going back and forth to feed this cat because he really wanted to be a journalist himself, and he just kind of wanted to, you know, go through the motions of becoming a journalist, doc all the documenting, all of the photos, all of, you know, all of that. Um, and for the poster... What I or for the the cover, what I ended up doing was drawing him inside his like raggedy apartment that he was describing in the article, with the cat by his side, looking out of a window um, that was really just like a torn off carpet because a lot of you know people in U Ukraine had to put up carpet to 
you know, shield their windows from broken glass, from bombs, from just regular shrapnel. Like, they needed something stronger than curtains. So it was, like, a fallen, uh, it was fallen, like, carpet, and them looking out, but outside their window was, like, New York City, because that's where he wanted to go. And there was, like, a sunset, and the sunset was yellow, and everything inside was blue, kind of representing both his state of mind, but together kind of making the colors of the Ukraine flag. And so that was really fun, studying the article, getting to know the space that he was in, seeing how I can best depict it. Um, and I've, di- I've done that with my own house, too. I've actually drawn, like, my childhood house in one of, like, the artworks that I've done, and... For it, for it was for a different class, and I essentially had to like retell your life story, kind of where you spent a lot of your life. So I chose that house, and I chose like to throw a bunch of references to people and things that have happened throughout my life, and so that was like a really fun reflection piece. So definitely, yeah. Yeah, that's so interesting to hear. As you were describing that, I feel like I could like visually see it all kind of come to life in my brain as you're describing the color and the choices that you made. So you'll definitely have to show me some of your work and I would love to see that one in particular now. So do you sell your work or do you like share this out on like other platforms for people to see and how can people like find your work and support you? Yeah, definitely. So I have, um, I have an Instagram page where I post a lot of it. I have a website for professional outreach, mostly like if I'm applying to jobs, I'll be like, oh, here's my website link. It looks, you know, it looks really, looks really professional. You toss that in your email banner. and (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure you also have to like take some time to like make sure the website design of your website is good too, if you're a designer as well. Oh, definitely. Right now I'm just using Adobe Portfolio and that's super nice as because it will actually just kind of build the template out for you you choose a template and you kind of just plug your work in i chose the most minimalist thing because right now i don't really want to build a super personal brand for myself i kind of want my work to speak for itself because that's really what i'm showing off i don't think i'm you know big enough to have a brand yet i think that comes later after i'm established after i've had more clients um and so far it's worked i've had a few clients you know be drawn to it and I've worked with a few people which has been a lot of fun um but yeah a lot of that design kind of came with the (laughs) with the set but when it comes to crafting my own design or website I'm very excited to do that I'll like just do it all in WordPress working at Solidarity and building their website which we've just very proudly launched this past week nice yeah so that's gonna be it's really really fun Solidarity of UnbridledLabor.com slash work (laughs) (laughs) you're like go look at it right now yeah yeah (laughs) just wanted to throw that plug in there it looks really really nice everybody on the team did an incredible job um i found a lot of those assets for them so that was (laughs) that was a good time um but yeah when it when it comes time to build my own site thanks to everything that they've helped me build and see i'll be ready yeah Yeah. i guess kind of the the last question i have for you which I'm, i'm interested in your opinions just because it's been going through my brain a lot because for whatever reason I feel like today I've like read multiple articles and such on this but it's also just such a topical issue how do you feel like the future of design will be and especially with like AI um, you know obviously a lot of the things you're describing I think what makes any type of art so special is the human touch and the way that you're describing things like obviously that's all coming from the heart and the mind and like the human experience knowing to how like how to depict things and you know resonate with audiences in a, in a human way that is human like literally just human so what are your feelings on that yeah, with there, AI yeah there it is I was uh, I was waiting for the AI question I'm it curious comes up in every design discussion now and it's very fun to kind of 
go back and forth with the person I'm talking about it to because everybody has different opinions about right. it. But I'd say in terms of mine, Sawyer and I were just talking about it yesterday, I think, which was crazy. Um, I think it really boils down to how you use it. And you'll yeah. hear a lot of other designers say that too. A lot of us use it. Like I, I use the one built into Photoshop beta pretty often. Like I will crop a photo and there'll be some white space and I'll just I'll draw a little line around it, type into AI, hey, fill this in for me. And it'll do it. It'll do it perfectly. And I'm able to just cross that off my checklist. That's something I'd, I've done. That's something that would have taken me like an hour with the stamp tool or different things to create that. Um, but then again, there are people who will exploit it and use that as a substitute for the creative process where sometimes a lot of, and you have to be skilled enough to use it for like substitute for the creative process, I guess, because you have to know what to type in. You have to do some editing back and forth, but it really just kind of depends on who's using it and what their, what their purpose is or like what they really want to be doing with it. Yeah. Well, I think that that's kind of my viewpoint on it, too. And, I mean, it, it's influencing every single possible field you could go in. Um, but I do think that a lot of the discussion is around the arts and design at the moment. So I'm sure you have had to deal with that question a bunch. Um, but, yeah. Well, we only have one more song left. But before we do, I just wanted to give our little outro. So, Misha, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Um, it was so much fun chatting with you. And... I'm just going to leave feeling inspired again. Like I do after every time, like now I'm just like, well, now I need to like go design something. (laughs) So thanks so much for, for being here today. Yeah. And thank you for inspiring me too. I, I, you know, haven't really had the want to go back and work on the little bird can project, but now I'm probably going to go home and do it right up. (laughs) Yeah. So thank you for the inspiration. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being an incredible friend to me and Sawyer and many many more hangouts to come yes oh my gosh that's so sweet of you to say so the last song that we have here is change of the guard by kamasi washington i think that's how we say it i'm sorry if i mess that up but um misha was describing the the reason why he chose that song so we'll play that right after but listeners thank you so much for tuning in today and listening um Just make sure to be listening for upcoming guests, show playlists, and more. Check out Abstract's social media where I post all of the playlists and you can hear Misha's playlist from today. And next episode, as always, I'll be bringing on another special guest, interviewing them and discussing their creative abstract ideas. Once again, thanks so much for tuning into Abstract, a show dedicated to abstract ideas discussed amidst ever-changing tunes here on the radiator or on your listening platform. And I hope you have a wonderful day or night. We'll see you next time.